podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Boom, we're on. Today's guest, we've got one more, Alex Kearney. How are you? Good, James. Really good. Yep. Good Fine. to see you, mate. Yep. You've nice been everywhere, you. all those social media, making your moves with yourself, shedding light on some nasty shit inside the Glasgow Govan Hall. There's a lot. I've had the paedophile hunters on here as well, and yep. they've spoke very disturbing things about it, um, talking about grooming gangs, this and that, and you're out yourself with your phone, shedding light on it. Your name's everywhere now, your videos are getting shared thousands of times, they've been watched millions of times. It can be difficult. With comes that attention comes a lot of fucking pain and misery and hard yep. work and stress. But you're doing it. Fair play to you. How have you been? Fine. Busy few days. Uh, big momentum. Just kind of, you know, a lot of people are asking why now. Uh, it's been it's been getting, you know, it's been getting shown for a long time. Several years ago, uh, David Cardwell, well-known Govan Hill guy, had been putting on bits and bobs and it just wasn't getting the traction that it deserved for for one reason or another and recently there was another little push on it where a couple of couple of girls I know that are involved with the the whole child protection campaign uh, you've had Stephanie Bonner on and love Stephanie shout out to Stephanie yeah, awesome and Laura Steele just they, they're at George Square every Saturday and since I came into Glasgow couple of months back I've been watching them on Saturday and just following uh, their energy and when Stephanie Bonner talks you just see that 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 ache you know what I mean that it's that's not going away it's, it's horrendous and then I spoke to them about Govan Hill and they said well we kind of know but we don't know we hear this, we hear that, like what everybody's now saying. You know, there's tens of thousands of people coming out and saying, well, I've heard that gossip, and my question is, well, what did you do about it? Mm-hmm. So I shared videos numerous times, and they just vanish into oblivion. You know, Facebook's a funny thing, and if you don't have the platform, or it doesn't capture an audience, it just falls flat on its face. Yeah. So why this time? I don't know. Maybe it's because of the, the, the images. They're quite stark. They're quite dark images. Uh, you know, we're, we're a couple of weeks away from 2021. And we have that. And the fifth or sixth richest economy in the world, apparently. Yeah. It's just not acceptable. Yeah, it's scary because Govan Hall's only 10 minutes from here. It's the highest poverty rate in Scotland. It's got the highest, um, it's the biggest slum in Scotland, I believe. Yep. Yep. It's Nic- Nicola Sturgeon's constituency. So it's scary to think, listen, this happens everywhere though. It happens everywhere, but there's been more grooming gangs done in Govan Hall than anywhere yep. else in. That's the problem. Glasgow. It, it, it seems to be the epicentre and it's not, co- it's not, there's no, everyone's trying to tag an agenda to me, right? Uh, people are saying, oh, you're clearly an SNP hater. I affiliate to no party, James. I affiliate to no football team. I don't affiliate to any other narrative other than what I see. So what I see 
is what I, what I follow. And I need to see the proof. I need to go and look and take a look. Now, everybody's talking about it. But there's no outside footfall in it, other than the people that live there. I've read and I've read and I've got a few people reading. The general consensus is that everybody's going, well, I've drove by it, but I've never looked. You've got to go and see. Uh, you, you, your opinion's almost null and void yeah. if you've not been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a bad energy down there. And I know there's amazing people. And in Queen Street, uh, yesterday I watched two Romanian guys playing violins and stuff. Absolutely amazing. Two old guys, brilliant talent. And that's the true culture. They're a very, very, they've got a very musical orientated culture. Skillful musicians and just, you know, but there's that bad element and there's, there's an energy. And when you're walking through it, I'm no somebody that is easily intimidated. When you're walking through it, you feel that energy touching you. Mm-hmm. At times, it's like an actual physical field. It's like, like a force. physical energy. Yeah. You just feel mm-hmm. it. Because we spoke to guys, and we had the paedophile hunters on, they were saying there was kids as young as 10 offering oral sex. Yep. Sex. Now, where there's good, where there's bad, there's always good. Do you know what I mean? So there'll be places in there are good. There'll be hard workers as well, but that has got a stigma to it. And I know one of the, I think it was maybe this year or last year that the police uncovered one of the biggest um, grooming gangs ever in Scotland, but it was kept secret. Why these things are happening, I don't know. But people need to understand as well, there's been police cuts. Um, there's not as many coppers on the Absolutely. street. There's not as much money involved. And it's not a case of why does the police not get involved? But some of the cases I've been reading, there's been intelligence there for three to five years. You can't just Longer. say yep. there's grooming gangs in there and the coppers kind of just go through a door and jail everybody. They need intelligence, they need evidence to get build a case, to get convictions. One of the cases there, I think, the, God, the young girl's name was Jordan Ferguson, yep. who was only 14. She's yep. actually came forward and told her story. She's 19, 20 now. She was contacted with two young guys, not young, in their 20s. She was 14 at the time, filled her up with drink, drugs, took her in parties and they were raping the young lassie, 14 and 15. They got convicted. Well, this is, this is the thing. I believe, and anybody can say anything, right? They can go conspiracy theorist. Uh, I seen somebody posting that trolled back in my Facebook page that I'm a COVID denier, <laughs> right? Yeah. Irrelevant. Whatever I think of that is irrelevant. It's got nothing to do with... This is about children. It's not about me. It's not about anything other... No agenda. You know, it's about children. And just what you said there, uh, with that wee girl, I know that I know about that wee girl, right? And there's the, the volume of people now coming forward. You only need to look... I'll put, it ac- I'll put it across the table to you and you can look at the evidence. We're screenshotting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. We're checking them out. I've not been to my bed in three days. I was ticking them off at four, five, six o'clock this morning. Names, they're, they're, they're active working professionals. Who yeah. are? The people that are providing us the information to say, Alex, you're right. There are children getting taken into the Govan Health Health Centre and surrounding health centres with STDs. There are wee girls at two and three getting taken in with genital tears 
and uh, you know, v- vaginal damage and a- anal damage. Babies, James, right? And STDs, genital warts, children. Now, that can't be denied when it's serving medical professionals that are saying it and they're saying, I don't even care if I lose my job. There's a there's a gag order or there's a secrecy order, be it that the authorities just can't deal with it. It's such a secretive society. Are you telling me that when you look at a lot of those Roma or Romanian women, everybody's debating, right, maybe my generic term isn't suitable. You know, the two cultures are slightly dif- different. One's like more transient than the other. Uh, and a, a variation in the language. The Romani. Uh, what was I going with that? So, I'm, I'm, I, my point was that when you look at the women, those women look oppressed. Not all of them, but a lot of them. They, they don't make eye contact. They just, they just look absolutely beaten down. Beaten down. Now, they came here for a better life 10, 12, 13 years ago. It's worse. Mm-hmm. It must be worse than what they had because, it, because at least they knew what they had. Do yeah. you get me? At least what they... happens with human trafficking? What I'm hearing is people are getting offered... 10 grand for a girl some as young as 12 and 10 to then get arranged marriages to then get the visa here so what happens is these girls are getting promised jobs security money it's not there. It doesn't but then exist. what happens is they're getting through into prostitution they're getting through into fucking grooming gangs yep. they're getting passed about and this is kids as young as 10 this is a fact this is the information that I have 100%. and I've got some very powerful contacts who then 100%. I don't know everything all the answers about it I just know there's a lot of dirt there just like a lot of places just worldwide this shit's going on it's scary to think listen you're talking high politicians high police officers they're talking about the elite this doesn't just stem from the schemes of Glasgow this is global this is this shit's going deep in some deep waters but a lot more people are speaking out about it which is good including yourself James they're an oppressed uh, ethnic group they come from oppression to oppression that's not a rosy life down there, right? The slum landlords are doubling up and quadrupling up, and then some. I've been in two-bedroom apartments with blue rope, clothesline across the ceilings, and bed sheets or whatever hanging down as blinds, so it becomes four rooms, and the bunk beds are four or five or six high. And there's 14 kids in a room, six adults there, Four men here and whatever there in a, a makeshift kitchen. Have you seen this with your own with eyes? With my own eyes. Right, with my own eyes. Put me into a polygraph lie detector, no problem. I've got a guy that was with me and I posted it and we, we made, we told the police three years ago, we went down there to resu- find resolution between a landlord and some guys that were basically not paying him anything and he it asked us to help him. And I've always been able to find amicable resolutions between landlords and problem tenants. They've done it for a long time. Uh, and the guy was fearful of these people, and I says, look, you know, the, the, the softly, softly approach, put the kettle on, let's talk about this, right? What, what can you do for him? And they had just no intention because they knew he was soft. Once they were in, they weren't going anywhere still a lot of that going on so 
we went to another flat with him. And this guy I'm talking about that was with me is my friend. And he witnessed it and he, he would testify that this guy offered us his daughter or his niece, whoever she was. How old was she? Probably between 10 and 12, but maybe more so about 10. A wee skinny thing, uh, kind of bedraggled looking. Uh, hot pants on, you know, a wee boob tube thing. And it was run about the winter time, so it was cold. And looking in the the the, the property, it was a shithole. It was oblivion. It was disgusting and it stunk and it was just not fit for habitation. And she had the dead eye look. Now, when I look at that, I see a child, an African child, that I saw 20 years ago in a civil war in Sierra Leone. When we were young Marines, wet behind the ears, landed in Sierra Leone and saw West Africans for the first time and you see oppression and the rebels that destroyed Freetown had just ran amok with them, butchering people, decapitating people, delimbing people on a massive scale and you look at those kids and you never forget that look, James. That look, that's a look that haunts you. You never forget it. But you don't think about it when you're 22, 25, 28, 30. You're mad with it. You're out in the bevy. You're, you know, you're, you're living. That's the living years. And then you become a father. And you get your own kids. And that comes back to haunt you. Because you stop all the, the living year stuff, the drinking and the carry on. And you start to go, I've seen that look before. That is if the soul's been ripped out of them. Ripped out of them. Mm -hmm. Removed. The eyes are dead. She's just staring. At, she's staring as if she was waiting to put her hand out to go with us, James. And what was your reaction? My reaction was, did I hear you right? And, you know, we're on camera, James, but you can imagine what the, what the result was. It never ended well. No, I don't... I'm fine with that. With any comebacks for that. I still know the flat, James. I still know the flat. And I can still remember what he looked like. He didn't look like that for very long. That wee girl has put her hand out with somebody before and she's been taken away for half an hour or an hour up to the Kafkin Braes to a car park or somewhere. And that's what happens. And I don't care who calls me a liar. I know what I see and that's what happened. And I've told people that early years and, I've, and we, we, we went to the police we called them, we told them, we initially gave them dummy names because that was just because we had, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll give you a crime number. I said, a crime number? I mean, you need to come the now. The child needs to be removed. And we waited and waited and waited and waited and nothing happened. And I saw a woman, a, 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 a white woman, Caucasian woman, whatever you want to call her, with her messages, and asked, no, excuse me, have you got a minute? She was about 50. I can still remember her. Uh, she had fantastic hair. Uh, and she, I said, can you help us? And she's like, what is it? And we told her. And I says, can you come up here? Because see, when it's a child, and it's two men, 
You don't want to go, you know, are you alright, Peter? What do you do, James? Do you lift the kid, take her in your car or your van and take her to a police station? You can't do that. We know that. Are you done for kidnapping? Right, you can't. So, so your hands are tied. What are you going to do? Just drive away and leave her there? So we, we explained that to that woman and she was hesitant. And she's going, oh, I don't know if I can get involved. And she eventually did. And I think it was a lollipop woman or something. She'd done the, the scoot, the jacket. I'm sure she was a lollipop woman. She came as well. Now, what we never did was leave our details with the women. But they women are out there somewhere. And they'll recall that. And uh, and maybe they'll see this one day. And maybe they live there still. Mm-hmm. I actually read something yesterday. Two young boys were getting raped, I think, 14s. And um, one of them escaped. They got a guy. The guy went back, beat the guy to death. Um, yep. And the guy's just been charged with murder. Jailed. Jailed. So it is. So it is a sticky situation, but... All you can do is keep fighting and keep pushing forward. We'll try and get a bit of backstory about you now. Okay, You're in the yep. Marines. Where did you grow up? So, uh, I grew up in Neilston, James. South side. It's a wee village. Uh, small village, small population. It's up high. Countryside, kind of farming community. Uh, probably quite a dull place. I was probably quite shy, uh, quite introverted as a young guy. Uh, I was good at swimming. I was really good at swimming. Won a lot of competitions and diving competitions. And I, I don't think I really ever lost many races because I used to convince myself that sharks were behind me in a swimming pool. Just a bit like your life. Do you remember yeah. the greats, James? Mm-hmm. When you went under the water and yeah. you looked in and it was the pump, I used to say the sharks are out. So when I was in a race and the whistle went, the sharks were behind you. So that was always the the way to get you, you know, that to win the race, telling yourself you're getting chased by sharks. So the swimming was a big part of our life because it was the only thing in our village. So we had this £10 season ticket for the year. You could go three times a day, you know, the fun session on Saturday. And I was a really good swimmer, but I was a toe rag. So I was always getting thrown out and banned and stupid stuff, but because I was a good swimmer, they wanted me back for the competitions. And that was fine. So I was around about maybe nine or ten. It's a wee bit vague. But it came back to me one day during a, an incident. Uh, and I'll explain this. So some people have said to me, Alex, what's your drive? You're a workaholic. You don't stop. You're constant. You're 24 hours a day. Here, there, everywhere. Uh, what's your drive? So I've been a busy fool a lot of times, you know, I work, and sometimes things don't work, sometimes they do. So my drive's quite unusual. It, it is quite excessive, and I'm quite obsessive about stuff, and I will work stupid hours and silly hours. And, uh, you know, I was never a 95 guy. I understood that very quickly when I had a, a poor apprenticeship, YTS, 2950, I think it was a Labour government, it was human slave labour, probably 40 pence an hour, something like that. And I didn't, I hated it, so I knew that I had to do something else. I had to be tested, James, because I always want to test myself, and I still test myself to this day, doing stupid things like running up hills and trying to do 500 press-ups in 20 minutes. You'll know about that with the hills now, mm-hmm. you're always looking for the yeah, next yeah. target. So I was always testing myself, and I realised this working's not for me. 
So that was how I transitioned to the services. But we'll go back to that. So I'm in the swimming, and people have said, uh, your drive's quite ferocious. Uh, you know, does nothing scare you? I say, well, I've never done a business plan, and I've, you know, I've never really had rational thought about financial. I just go for it. If I like it, I go for it. And I, and I, and I just go with the feeling. So I was a young guy swimming, and there was two old pool attendants, like locker room guys, Tommy and Eddie. Old Tommy's dead now, and old Eddie's still alive. He had a right good age, but they were absolute salt-of-the-earth guys, Nielsen men, brilliant. And if you were last out at the pool at night and you're whipping your mate's arse or hiding his locker keys or, right, just mad, they'd grab you and they'd say, right, we're going out that door or we're going out that door. Now, that door was out to the foyer where all the moths were sitting drinking hot chocolates and smoking. That's how it was then. And you'd bare arse. So you'd tell me, no, Eddie, no, no. Like, right, you're going out the back door then. And it'd be the winter's night, be raining. So they'd throw you out the, the engine room, the pump room. Brilliant guys, eh, fantastic, always good ways. And this one night, for some reason, I don't know why, I was in a, a there was older boys in, and I was always shy, James, I didn't like them looking at me. Right, you're a wee guy, you're nine or ten, you're, you know, they've got, they're developed and you're not, they've got hair and you're like, oh, don't want them to see me. So I'm in this cubicle, and the Nielsen baths have not changed. There's, there's three cubicles, and I'm in the far one. And it's got cream tiles on the wall. And it's an extremely vivid me me uh, memory. So I'm in there, and I'm getting dried, but I'm probably farting about, just, you know, myself. And I just look through the blue, the, the curtain, and I see a, a guy, an older guy, a man, fat and he's looking at me and he keeps walking to the end but you've got the lockers the cubicles and then you've got the main area and he's just looking up and down and stuff and I've never spoke about this James in a, a, to anybody and he basically comes back and he keeps looking and he's and he's like that just staring at me and, I'm, and I was like I'm a wee boy you don't talk back to adults, James. You don't ask them what they're looking at you for. You've not got a clue. You're kind of... I was probably frozen. And uh, he just pulled the, sh the the curtain back. And he's like, he said, get out of there. So I thought, he wants the cubicle. So I had my towel at my front. And I went to grab my shorts off the deck because I had them off. My clothes were there. So I went like that. And I could only have been 10 it's probably unlikely that I was any older. Uh, I don't think I would have been older. And as I went to go out, bear in mind it's a big fat guy and it is a tight space. It's still tight to this day. When I go back now, I don't, it doesn't bother me right what I'm going to tell you, but it's a tight space. So so he's standing there and he's he's bollock. And I, and I go like that and he goes like that. And I go like that, and he goes like that. So I darted, and you've got the tiled wall in the metal lockers, with all the keys in them, and he presses against me, against the cold tiled wall, and he puts his nails into my shoulder. All right? And I squeeze by him, probably shit myself, 
and I get out and I go right up the far end and I get ready and I keep staring and he walks by me fully dressed and doesn't even look at me him so nobody knows uh, I'm a wee guy you don't want to tell anybody you know it's a weird thing that's happened you don't understand where it is but a man's he's been a he's obviously been a you know a fucking scumbag mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're the only wee guy that's in the changing rooms so that was that no problem Years later, I'm in the services and two things happen. The first one, I'm in Ireland and we're in a Gemini, a twin-engine boat in Belfast Loch. There's maybe eight or ten of us in there. We're armed, we're boarding vessels, we're checking them for contraband. Mouth of Belfast Loch, Carrick Fergus, a very dark, cold night. And maybe... The ferry was 10 minutes late either way and there was a, an ebb tide or something and the water coming across it created a gigantic wall of water, 10 or 12 feet high. My old commanding officer, uh, Mark Gordon, is we still talk, he's actually in Glasgow just now, we're meeting tomorrow. He was in the boat with us, my mate Davey as well was in it with me, for Paisley, uh, Davey Ross. And this wall of water, 10, 12, 15 feet high, I don't know what it was, it smashed us. Now, these Geminis go go over anything, but whatever happened, it was a freak. Flips the boat, the colour sergeant operating the boat, legs are snapped, femurs, bones everywhere, bosses' wrists snapped. Everybody's smashed, but I'm no. But I'm trapped. You've got foot rubbers for jumping waves, and you're in them. And you've got weapons, you've got life jackets, so they go off straight away, so you're pinned. And there's, there's no air. Now, until you've experienced no air, doing that and that is not good enough. If I hold you underwater for three minutes, you'll know what no air is, James. It's not a nice feeling because you're dying. So I'm cutting light, I'm cutting life jackets off and everything in the middle of Belfast Locks, a big old swim. We kit on. All right, you've got a, you've got a zipped up suit on, but it's absolutely Baltic. You've got boots, webbing, ammo, magazines, weapons strapped to you. Anyway, we get out, and I kind of laughed. I got out and got under it, but the thing that was in my mind, for some reason, was I need to survive this. And who a word they like you? I thought about that incident. It came back to me. And it was the first time it had ever came back to me. And this is how this started. And it was like a shock. It was like a, it was like getting punched. And uh, I got out from under the boat, Davy. Everybody was injured. There was a lot of seriously bad injuries. And it wasn't a nice incident. And it ended people's careers. Anyway, we somehow righted ourselves. We got back, whatever we did. It's still quite vague. It's 20 years ago. But I remembered that, okay? And it was as if I must get out of this. I'm, no matter what, I've got to survive. I've got to get out. And it was just that wee thing, remembering, remembering being a, a boy and having to squeeze through that gap with a man pressing against you, where that touches you and that touches you. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it then and I don't like it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 
maybe a year or two later, I'm in I'm in Plymouth before two commando. I'm based in Plymouth, Bickley Barracks, and I'm out with my mate, my mate in Union Street on the baby all day. Stella, you're fit, you're young, you're 22, 23, you're big drinkers. And <laughs> end of the night, Union Street, rough place, Dockers Town, everybody can fight. I'm having a fight. Middle of the street, bouncers are watching, the guy in the snack van's watching, and me and this guy, for whatever reason, are having a tear up. And I'm, uh, he's hammering me, right? He's hammering me. I'm hammering him, but he's hammering me a lot worse. Uh, he was just a tough, tough guy. And he gets me down and he's just boom, boom, and he's strong as a bull. He's wild. He's, uh, he was wild like a devil, a Tasmanian devil. And do you know what he'd done? He clawed me, James. He stuck his fingers in my neck. And it came back to me again. And I got superhuman strength. And I mauled him. I just mauled him in seconds, flat, and that was the end of it. And I got up and I walked away and I never even looked back. And as we were walking up the road, my mate, who I'm still on my Facebook, he'll verify it. He looked at me and he went, because you, you don't jump in in a fight, do you? It's a one-on-one. And he went, ow. He went, what the fuck happened there? He says, you just went psycho. You just changed. And I went, ah, nothing. And I knew what it was. It was that. It was that. The claw. Aye. And that's how you'll see my nails. They're, they're cut away down to ribbons and my toenails. I don't like fingernails, James. I don't like them. I, don't, I even struggle to talk to a guy that's got long fingernails. See, like a, a guitarist. I love music. I never ever look at their hands because I know they've got long nails. I don't like fingernails. And it, and it's it's saved me a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's gave me strength that I didn't have. An incident that I've never spoke to anybody about. You were the first person I've really spoke to about it. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's not a... It was an, it was an abusive in- incident. It was an abuse of trust between an adult and a child. He's certainly a, certainly a sinister bastard. Mm-hmm. You know, but nothing else other than that happened. There was physical contact. It's still abuse. But it's still obviously affecting you because yeah. I had a guy called Jeff Thompson on my podcast. Jeff, he's an eighth yep. Dan. Yep. He's next level. He's what they say he's yeah. the biggest self defence. Read his books twenty um, years ago. Phenomenal. Best self defence yep. teacher in the world. And he was abused when he was yep. younger. Yep. His martial arts teacher put his horn in his his bars and yep. that. And what happens is he called it a parasite. So the parasite will bend you, but as, as you got older, this parasite gets bigger. Definitely. And it filled Jeff with anger, fear, just battering everybody until he came back and identified with and says, okay, this is where the connection is, why I do what I do, how I'm angry. So as a kid, people need to understand there's so much shit goes, like I've interviewed so many victims, people yep. that's been in children's home, been abused and raped. And what happens is they blame, some of them blame themselves. Because they, they think they weren't strong Put enough to say no, yep, yep. but you're being manipulated, you're being nine or ten, James, you, you don't know any different. You don't, you don't speak back to an adult. You don't want to speak back to an adult, so it's fucking tricky. Do you think that's why then you want to keep doing what you're doing now, because that triggers things in your mind? It's, the, the more I've thought about that place, and the more you, you see those kids with that look that we spoke about, that vacant, empty, dead look, the more I think about that. Now, I'll go one step further, James. Only a few years ago that guy died. I knew who he was and I approached him and I told my cousin I was going to do it and I approached him and I said, 
I'm not going to name him, James, and if anybody asks me after this interview, it's dead in the water. It's old hat. It doesn't define me. It never defined me. It didn't affect me that much. It gave me something. I absorbed, I absorbed the bad energy and I turned it positive. It, it, it gave me strength. Okay? And that's the lesson that I'll give my kids. You know, I'll tell them about the sneaky things that an adult might try and do if they're in somebody's house, if it, God forbid, should it ever happen, do you know what I mean? What to watch for? I've already had that conversation with my, old, my boy at 12 anyway, but uh, not a nice conversation. But uh, what was I saying? So I approached him where I live and I said, how are you doing? Uh, we'll call him Joe, for instance. I went, how are you doing, Joe? All right, son, how's it going? Up, up alley, James, because he's not thinking I've got the memory. But it's came back to me. An incident's brought it back, pulled it out of the heart. It's been there all the time. I says, Sive, how are you keeping? Aye, aye. I says, listen, I want to speak to you about something as casual as you like. Why, what is it? And I said, do you remember you were always swimming? <laughs> Face changed. Aye, aye, I had a swimming bath, aye. I says, do you remember me being in the swimming baths? Oh, I don't remember that far back. Instant, the guard up. I don't remember that. I mean, I remember, I, I used to go, but I mean, I don't remember any of his noise. We're all boys, he's all looked the same. I says, you see, Joe, I've got a very specific memory of you uh, rubbing yourself against me in a cubicle. I said, then it's not my imagination. I said, I can see that in your face. I says, but the problem I've got now as I've left it so long, is that you're an old man. And if I stiffen you here today, it's just a liberty. And I would be the bad guy, and you would be exonerated, and blah, blah, blah. We know how that works. I says, and I actually don't feel any malice towards you. I says, I've said to a lot of you for years. Uh, I says, and I'm guilty. I should never have said to a lot of you, I says, but I just want to tell you, you know, that that you're a sick bastard and if there is a hell you will be in it and I hope that you've never done it to anybody else I says because no everybody's as strong as me because I know the strength of me you, you, you know yourself James you know you know who you've been in your past and you know who you're becoming nobody knows me but me you know who you are and every day that goes by you know who you are even more because you leave that guy in the past. We were all wild, we were all headstrong young guys, you know, bravado, machismo. You wanted to be the alpha male in your group of pals, the toughest guy, the best fighter, the best looking, the best clothes. You wanted all that. But ultimately, we all get to this age and we're all quite similar. We're just guys for housing schemes in Glasgow and. Try to survive. You know, we're just trying to get by now. And. And find the balance that we've never ever had in the last 20 years. I've never had balance until the past couple of years. I'm not the guy I was 20 years ago. I'm not the guy I was two years ago. I'm probably not the guy I was five, six months ago. I don't think I've ever had, had clearer thinking. So I told him, I said, look, you're, you're, you're a horrible... I said, I'm saying it with a smile, Joe. I'm not going to do anything. You're just a horrible, despicable bastard. I says, and I hope you fucking die really, really quickly. And I hope it hurts. And I hope you know me. And I hope you know what I'm talking about. I think you do anyway, but I look in your face. I can see it. And there's no point in it. No, son, I mean, you maybe 
you maybe bumped into me or something. <laughs> bumped into you. I says, I'll bump into you. Then it was one of the moments. The rage is up. The adrenaline's up. The anger's up. But you've you've got a bit of control. You're not 25. You're, you're 35. Say I was 37, 38. What am I? 43? I'm 38, 39 I was. Anyway... So that was that, and I have used it as an energy. I've turned it positive. Doesn't bother me. It will never happen to mine. Uh, they're, they're, they're. How long were you in the Marines for? Uh, I, I was in the Marines for six, six years, six and a half year, and then I came out and I went into the oil industry. Uh, I had several good years in the Marines, James. I don't regret a day of it. Um, I, I, I served with guys that I still see to this day. We still talk regularly, and some of them I've not even seen in fifteen years. A lot of joined up with a lot of good guys, still in touch. One's coming to Glasgow on Sunday for London. He's a handful. Yeah, he'd be good. He'd be a good guest for you. And lot of lot of lot of guys gone. Lot of guys lost. Very, you know, tragic events. Great guys still happening. Lot of suicides. PTSD. That's what my YouTube channel's about. Coming back to life. Uh, try to come back for just whatever it is that's put you on your, your arse, you know, mm -hmm. put you down in the ground. And Every guy's got a battle, James. Everybody's got a battle, women and all, but I'm only talking about guys now. Uh, everybody's got a history. A lot of, lot of guys, a uh, lot of good guys that I serve with dead, buried, young men, very, very tragic circumstances. Still regular suicides. I'm on a lot of pages. We get updates regularly. Such and such, such and such. Shared the room with him. Did a tour with him. Did this, did that. Went in the piss with him, you know. It always affects you, James. You don't get used to hearing guys you shared the room with die. You don't get used to, even if they're 42, or they're 35, or they're 48. It's still young. You know, because I'm remembering, remembering them in the prime of their life. I'm remembering them at 22 when we were sailing uh, in the Mediterranean or going in the piss in Turkey or fighting with legionnaires in Marseille. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We were wild. So you've got a lot of good memories as well. Brilliant memories. When you change a day of it, of course there's things that affect you. Of course there's memories that you'll never shake. They, they, they become you. They're part of who you are. They're, they're, you're, your DNA. Of course, man. This is what molds you know, into the person you're the day. And this is what everybody battles every day. we battling. Doesn't matter who you are, how rich you are. I mean, I do all right. What you've got. Some you know guys I mean? have got it horrific. Mm -hmm. So when you come out of all that, then when what was, when was the first video we done in Govan Hall? I'd, uh, somebody's looked back in my Facebook and I had been po post. Somebody says uh, I post some nutter. Or is this just going to be this week is it just are you bored I said well no there's other so somebody's actually went and trolled way back and six years ago there's videos me going on and on and on about it five years ago four years ago three years ago two years ago last year same with David Cardwell incredible footage he's put you know people in excuse me James on the spot the first minister he's had a face to face Nicola come down the back close to me no no come to my constituency he says, what, in the nice bit of Pollock Shields or whatever it is, and she won't go down. And bit of confrontation, and I can understand it. You know, she's a woman and whatever, maybe feels intimidated. I get that. I don't have any agenda at all with the woman, nothing at all. People will, will make one up, but that's not what I'm trying to come across with. Uh, he's campaigned 
effortlessly to put the spotlight on it and for some reason for us now it happened it's, it's always been in my mind James mm-hmm. I, I just hear about it constantly I know a lot of taxi drivers I know company owners I know business owners and I know I know other guys I know I know crooks I know you know I, I know hoods I know tough guys I know all sorts of people for, for, from every walk of life and the narrative's always the same it's happening and sometimes you this will be mad, but sometimes you almost just take it for granted, like like it's govern hell, it's normal, it's fine. And I could maybe even say I've been guilty of that. I'm not going to paint over any cracks, and you know I'm whiter than white. I'm absolutely never been whiter than white. The the problem is for some reason now it's really really grinding on me. It's irking me constantly. The more I hear, the more I read. As I said before, I don't own a television. I read constantly. I'm not a good sleeper, James. An hour or two. Is that stress, worry? I don't know what it is, James, but I can go four days with no sleep. That's not right. I went to a GP two years ago and I said, I've been awake for seven... I know him. His brother was a Marine. Mm-hmm. So he'll see me kind of... A text message. You know, maybe at the end of his shift, if you got five minutes and I go, I'm not going to name him. What? And I say, seven days. And he's like, Alex, your heart will just stop. Just don't seven days uh, I'm still the same I'm a very erratic sleeper you need to be careful how yep. are you dealing with all the attention because now your videos are getting shared thousands of times and listen what happens is people don't understand like when I had the paedophile hunters on these guys are doing this out of their own free will Remember the, the like we says earlier, the polis are losing funding. There's not enough of them, so people say, "Let the polis do their job." It's not the fact the polis don't want to do it. It's just there's not enough people to actually investigate it. When you start shedding light onto stuff, you create enough noise. People are eventually listen. This is what people yep. need to understand. Yep. So when you're starting to get all this attention, you now what happens is success. I get it daily. So when the success comes, the hate comes. I understand that. Yep. Now I'm in a place I couldn't yep. give a fuck. I genuinely, care. I don't Flying. care. At the start. It hurts. Of course what happens it does. is when people are trying to make We're change, only human, uh, when you're trying to make change, when you're trying to push through, what happens is all the negative shit comes out and why 99% of people fail is because they step back, can't handle it, just go back into their small box and then they fuck all and then change doesn't happen. So you're at that stage now. So what you're going to need to do is push through and just keep going. But what you're going to need, to, I know you want to date yourself. Personally, you need to build a strong network and a strong team to then go, right, what's our end goal with this? So when you start doing all that, people are calling you racist and aren't they? Yep. Like all, all the bullshit they do. Being reported for inciting racial hatred. I can, this ain't about this fucking This is the Tommy Robinson sketch. This is about fucking helping innocent kids who are being fucking raped, abused, sold. Yep. All the bullshit they do. It doesn't matter what colour, what religion you are. If you're fucking willing to help shed light, on, shed light on it, then good. Because if you're shedding good light in life, whatever energies are out there, sources will guide you into being that. You're going to have to protect yourself and understand People don't want to see people make mistakes. Yep. And if you get people doing their selling range, you become a threat. So your life is in danger right now. It's big revenue. Fuck them. So what happens is... Fuck them. How are you <laughs> dealing with that then, that people are coming forward and, and try to call you, try and slip you up, try and... Okay. Listen, you've already built momentum anyway. You've built yep. a machine yeah, yeah. that's there yep. that 99% of is, is, is positive. So what kind of things are people saying to you then now? Okay, so... You know the pub... Uh, Involved with the pub there for a couple of years, blah blah blah. Uh, so that you you get the troll popping up or the fake Twitter account that's only been live for ten minutes, <laughs> saying that you, you I used the pub to ply sixteen year olds and fifteen year olds with alcohol, right? 
all that shite. The problem with that, James, is that we had 20 cameras, a proper system, with a three-month hard drive accessed by the company. A dozen, 14, 15 internal cameras in the place, everywhere. Every inch of the function room, the toilet doors, the, the exits, the e access, the egress, deliberately. And when I spoke to the contractor, I said, every inch. That's going to cost you, I went, every inch. You know, three, four grand system. And protected myself with good staff. Uh, good staff, three women on every weekend. Busy, busy pub Saturday night, young, young crowd. But brilliant, no, no drama in it, you know, never any hassle. Right, brilliant crowd, great relationship with them. And always made sure, incident in the toilet, empty toilet roll, shout one, you know, no name the girls, but don't they know who they are. Uh, young girl, maybe a bit drunk. We didn't apply them with trays of shots. We didn't do the old Jager, you know, they, they could have as much as they want. No, we were always watching and scrutinised passports and just people talk shit. Utter shit. They're trying to tarnish your name, slander They can't because the lassies mm -hmm. are coming back to me and going, we are absolutely disgusted that that person would say that. But you have to feel as no if you're trying to justify James, you're for Posso, right? Mm -hmm. Here's an, an, an analogy, if I can even spit the word out right. You're from Posso Park. I knew about Posso Park 25 years ago from going to the old Glasgow Angling Centre up in Jesse Street. You used to hear uh, stories, right? Don't take a detour and end up in Postle Park, you'll get a doing, right? I'm for Neilston. I'll bet you'd never heard of Neilston until past couple of years. Right? Yeah, about 15 years. Right? right, it's a wee daft place and that's it. It's that size. In Postle Park, every guy that comes out of Postle Park's got to be a tough guy. You've got to be a tough guy to survive a place like that. It's a tough place. It breeds tough people. Like the whole city does. You remember the book, No Mean City? It breeds hard people. Breeds a lot of good people, but it breeds tough people. We used to come to the dancing, Finneilston, as young guys, Bonkers, Hope Street, you know, the Savoy, and we would meet boys for housing schemes. And they had, they had slash marks, you know, they, they looked older than us and they looked harder than us. But we got on great with them. Maybe we just got on great with anybody. That's just who we were, me and Mark and our pals. But you always you always had to try and be slightly more than you were. Inflate your chest a bit, you know. Maybe drop your eyebrows and look a bit tougher. And in the toilet, everybody's measuring each other up. You know the crack. <laughs> you know, it's a... It's a it's a scheme thing, us VU, Easterhouse, you know, Yoker, Dumbarton. And that's, we were, we were naive. We were coming into Glasgow as young guys, totally naive. And then in the toilet, there's guys pulling their, their tackle out to do the toilet and the, a blade's falling out their back pocket and, they and you're like, fucking it. You know, it's a rude awakening. And that's just a, that's just a lesson. And uh, it's just, I never forget these things, you know what I mean? I was probably over by nightclubs before I was 21 or 22. Glasgow wasn't really for me. Mm. Glasgow's a tough, very tough city. It's a tough environment, Very James. tough city. So when you start getting yourself a bit of exposure and doing things, remember, I'd done a homeless documentary, slept in the streets for seven days, and I was getting stick for it. Because then you start questioning yourself. But what you've got to look at it, no matter what you're doing, no matter yeah. your fucking past, who cares? No matter what you're doing or what your past is, you're still doing it. 
So no matter what anybody says, you've got to, but you what you must do now, you've built momentum. If people, if you start stopping and then just kind of forget about it and then try and pick it up again in six months, people will go, gonna ah, fuck that. He's it's now fraud. or never, James. Yeah. So the momentum's there, so it's all down to you, but what is your end goal with? What is okay. your end product so you're trying to get? You're right, the, 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 the momentum's massive. I think Big Paul said this morning that early this morning there was 102,000 people currently watching it mm. it trended at number two on Twitter I don't really understand Twitter James I'm quite new to that but I've only ever really had Facebook but to get it to two said that it had to bypass all the big things the celebrities all the things that we see and hear about that people actually constantly watch you know eh, Kim Kardashian 10 million people 100 you know all that can I carry on so it, it got up there really quickly it got up there overnight and people started boom, boom, boom. My phone was melting, just screenshots. Look at this, look at this. And so that was fantastic. At which point, the hate starts instantly. You know, it's like Glasgow is a great city, but you know who's Tough out as there. fuck, yeah. You know, you've had it mm-hmm. because because of the... You, you become an average, James, of who you surround yourself by. You've had the mad years with the mates that you think are mates. But when when the kitty runs dry and you come to the end of the race, it's only you there yourself. There's nobody there with you. You're just there yourself. I don't... My, my mates, my, my two, three mates are the same mates that I've always had. We don't see each other a lot. Every few months I text them. I'll come and get a coffee with you. It never happens. They're living. They've got kids. They've got... You know, that's just life. But... It, 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 it grew so quickly that it was a shock because it didn't work the last time. It didn't happen for me. It didn't happen for Laura Steele. It didn't happen for David Cardwell. It just happened this time for some reason. We'll never know why. It just happened. Maybe it was the fact that the the videos were made more public this time. I don't know if the last time I made them public. I don't know if I just showed them in my Facebook page. I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a, a lot of people on it already. So it, it's happened now. The hate doesn't bother me, James, in the slightest. That's no bravado. It doesn't bother me. I'm used to it. See, whatever comes, it's fine with me. See, as long as the people that know me, know me. That's all that matters, James. The hangers-on and the, the the ones that are trying to destroy the narrative or destroy the, the momentum or damage the message. Uh, it's like Darren in Liverpool, L5 Alive. They're, they're trying to rip his thing off him. They're trying to derail it and destroy it. Maybe last year, they might just have defeated him. As you've, you put him on, it, you two years uh, were brilliant together. It was fire. And he, he was cracking. It was cracks. Tough guy, you know, resilient guy, uh, you know, borderline bulletproof kind of fella. And you could see it in him. It was eating him up. They were saying he was this, he was a nonce, he was a Peter, all the shite of the day. Uh, But he's got a true heart, he's got a full heart, and it's came tenfold. And probably down to you, James, I'll no blow the wind up your ass, but you've helped the guy. Michael Maisie, you know, there's a great relationship yeah, forming yeah, there. A good guy, yeah. You can just see Michael's got a great way of speaking as well. He's very soft-spoken. 
but you can see the toughness that cracks. That's what I'm saying. People try and break you. This is where people. But Darren's not going to be take, broken now. Take two steps back, and when people actually just keep pushing forward through the darkness, through the clouds, but because you're now getting exposure, you need. It doesn't matter your past, but just make sure you're cleaning your hands now, yep. because people will keep digging. Yep. People will keep looking they've for flaws. James, digging and digging. Everybody's looking for your videos, but people still need to see an end product. Now you're going about with a phone and exposing it and shedding some light on it. That's but done now, mate. There's no more point in doing but that. You need now. Um, proof. Because to show people so, this is what's happening, we can get convictions, can we build a case or do you know what I mean? And, yep. and try to really help people to then yep. say, fuck me, that guy's doing that. Because now you've built your platform, now it's a case that you need to kick on and, and get end results. I don't know how you're yep. going to get them myself. It's not my field. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. So it's multi-agency stuff, James. Mm -hmm. So this is the, 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 the next level. So in an ideal world, maybe somebody like the first minister might have said, well, do you know what? I'm going to meet this guy. And call them out, and Are that the would petitions and that. There's a petition, and now it's fifteen, twenty thousand people within a day or two. Would you need a hundred thousand signatures to get it spoke about in Parliament? You mm -hmm. need you need it up around that. That'll yeah. hit that this week. I think it will hit it, and mm -hmm. I hope that it does hit mm -hmm. it. Uh, a, the average posts are five, six hundred thousand views. Accumulatively, they're way up in the millions when you count them all up. Mm -hmm. What half a dozen, eight, nine videos, way, way up in the millions. So there's traction. Uh, that uh, will fizzle as well though uh, so you James need to Everton jump does. on it now to then creating awareness you've created awareness and people human beings are weird they like to see this kind of dirty fucking weird shit they love but weird they, shit they will jump on to something yeah, else man. so right now you need to utilise it to your advantage to then try to save innocent kids who are now being abused so when you're going through your videos and in closes how you how's people treating you then I posted a video yesterday uh, First day, nobody knew what I was doing. Second day, nobody knew what I was doing. Third day, they all knew what I was doing. Why do you think that is? A young guy from Shettleston texted me, uh, young fella, said, Alex, me and my mates drove about down there and there's squads and squads of young guys going about with scarves on and just, you know, on bikes. They're looking for you. He says, I'll tell you why I think that. He went, because I've never, ever seen that before and I've been down here a million times. He says, my bird stays doing this way. He went, I've never seen that and they're all on about. And I kind of have to agree with them because, James, I've got kids, right? And, you know, their mum's worried and I can't put stuff eh, like slightly confrontational. If somebody spat at his right, big deal. They were firing Bill Burns at me, putting lasers in my eye. They got me here a good one. Irrelevant, doesn't matter. Eh, and just the chat. They followed me about, following me in cars, three men here, three men there, I'm in the middle and I just walk the white lines. At least you can see them coming, James. You know what I mean? You can you can defend yourself to a limit. Two, three, I'll, I'll take that. Six, you're probably getting beat. Uh, even in your best day. So, it, 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 it was fine, fine, third day negative. Fucking <laughs> all this. So I was kind of like, I'm here. I'm back and then I get the warning uh, threat to life uh, is that an Osman? yeah it's a, aye uh -huh. I was like Phew. what about the guy with the shotting bag and had the loafs in his one? James how did that come about you're like stay away from me big man because everybody was talking about that I know they were uh, that comedian I'm not going to name him I wouldn't give him the, the satisfaction mm. I'll see him in my end time <laughs> see if smart he is then <laughs> how you doing uh, mate? Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, 
No, fair play to him. Let me. I actually quite like him. That. He's a funny guy. And Twitter, man. So. I was fucking raging yeah. when he does that. Uh-huh. I got me. Uh, so, no. The big guy appeared, James Finobier, right? Now, I'm very, very aware of my surroundings. I've always been aware of my surroundings my whole life. Avoided a lot of potential situations when I was young because I was cute with my eyes and my ears. And I just could always have that sixth sense. I knew when the danger was coming. And he, you know, he just appeared from nowhere and I'm like, where the fuck did you come from? Where did you come from? He, he, he either came out from between two cars or he just slipped right up the back of me. He, he probably didn't have any bad intentions, but he got within a metre of me. And... Your guard came up? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you know, you're getting something in the back, you're getting something across your face. I'm going to try and avoid that at all costs. Of course I am. Mm-hmm. I've, I've went 40 odd year without it. I'll try and do another 20, you know. And I just, he kind of looked at me and I th- I, I, he absolutely knew who I was, by the way. Because I don't know if he's can hear it, but he says something. He kind of mumbled something. He absolutely knew who I was. And the three boys right in the doorway there were just dying to jump me. They were just dying to jump me. They were, the chap was there, you know. And the, the, Are you going to start taking more people with you? No. No, James, no, categorically. Do I need to go back down there? Of course I do, right? But no, a lot of people have offered, lots of good guys. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't do it. My mate, boy, boy for Paisley, Wally. There's only so much you can do. It's not as if you've got warrants to go through doors. No, you can't do, do anything. I mean? All you can do is just... And then if I do keep going down and there is a scuffle and there is a drama, they'll say, well, you asked for it. You keep mm-hmm. going into the lines then. Yeah, you're provoking it. Boy, Wally for Paisley see, uh, phones me out of the blue. My mate John at the K9 Wade, dog training and stuff. I know Johnny. I boy. know John, great boy. Uh, he's like, Alex, my pal Wally wants to speak to you. And he's like, he's got a donation for you. And he might be annoyed with me saying his name, but Kane Bullies, he was very, very generous. And he's like, I've got a, st- a stab vest for you. A good one, a really good one. And I thought, he really means well with that you know he's not it's not like here wear this you know for effect he's like watch what you're doing mate and I thought true, thanks, thanks very much you know ruffle, what I mean you're ruffling, really grateful you're ruffling feathers do you know what I mean these guys are abusing kids and selling them and so they're not going to be wanting people doing there they want everything silent James a half inch bull bearing out a catapult will shatter your skull like a melon so you know where, I mean? do you, where do you go then? What's the, what's the next steps for Alex then? Multi, with right, so multi-agencies, so... Right, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yesterday, no footfall. I didn't put the videos on. I walked around every single place. Had some chat. I had some Romanian people say to me, eh, thank you. You know, they, they did, James... People in Victoria Road witnessed this. People in Westmoreland Street, in Annette Street, in Daisy Street, Garturk Street... I've been all around it and there's residents just looking out windows and going like that. They're saying, good, keep it going. And a car stopped and young men, and I thanked them on a video, young Asian men get out and he's he, he, Alex, 20, 25, seven, eight of them, two cars. What's up, mate? And I walk, and I, they were walking to me, I walked to them, we met in the middle. And you don't know what their intentions are going to be, but the young guys were lovely. You know, real impeccable manners. And just, they said, we've seen all your videos, we follow your page. We li- Excuse me, too much water. Need a coffee. 
we live here. I went, right, and how is it? And he went, you're right. I says, okay. And, he, and I says, would you talk? And he went, we can't. No, the video. He went, we can't do that. But you're right. It happens. One of the young guys comes forward and he says, I, we're grateful for what you're doing. He says, we don't tolerate it. It damages our culture, our heritage. It's against the beliefs in the Quran, the Muslim. No matter what folks spin the Quran, James, right? They talk a lot of shit about it. Same as they do with the Bible. And it says this, you know, it says that you should go and kill the infidels. Read it any way you like. Right, read the Beano and interpret it any way you like. I've read it. I didn't interpret it like that. And I know a lot of Muslims and they're fantastic people. They're 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 staunch people. They're you know, they're they've got pride in themselves. So we can't just tar everybody the same way. And that's was never my intention. And if anybody actually genuinely believed that, well, unfortunately you are wrong. I've got too many mates for ethnic groups. So the young guys said thank you, and one of them stepped forward and he said and his mate went, Go tell him, tell him. So this wee guy was the ringleader. And he says, eh, the wee guy looked quite, you know, he was a bit disheartened, and he said, My uncles are in jail for it. I went, All right. I went, That's no good. I says, But you're no, you're a good guy. He went, we've, the family have disowned them, but my, my two uncles are in for it. Uh, and the other, and he say, and he's pointing at the other boy and he says, yeah, my brother's been done for it here in Govan Hill. Babies. I went, I'm sorry to hear that, son. And he went, yeah, he went, yeah, we, he, we, he'll never, ever be our family again. He's disowned forever. I fucking think so, man. Of course. And this young guy, the bravery is to just come up to me doesn't he know me if you had him? I'm 20 odd year older than him. I could be their dad. He comes up and he says, my, my brother's done it. And we hate him. And we hate him for it. And we're ashamed as a family because it was in the papers and people know the family. And I said, well, you're a young gentleman. Your manners, these are all cracking guys. I says, I really appreciate his coming over to me and make me feel welcome. I says, because I've got no right to be here. This is your community. And he said, we've tried, we've tried. We know what goes on down here and we know the reputation this place has got. If that's not enough proof, then I don't know what is. What about the mattresses and that you were seeing in the clothes? Okay, so taxi drivers, James. So there, you can read it, all the screenshots, hundreds of them. Ten to the dozen single mattresses. Stairwells. Boarded up closes, the metal windows. Uh, single mattresses underneath them or a rip in the side of them where the old handles were baby wipes condoms whatever you want single mattresses I know that they're I know that that happens Disney stickers Peter Pan The Little Mermaid a girl a boy certain doors there was a phase that it was people were saying it was the light bulbs mm -hmm. pink and blue pink blue I'm not going to comment on that. I've heard it. I've got absolutely not a shred of evidence. So I'm not going to comment on that. The Disney stickers, the pictures of the women and stuff, and the taxi drivers telling me, that's a brothel, that's a brothel, that's a brothel. If you put that door in the new, there'll be women in a bedroom, and you open the door, and they're all sitting like this. Addicts, eh, 
you know, six stone wet through, underfed, unclean, probably locked in a room externally, you know what I mean? And it does happen, James. And the police, let me, two, two today, two last night, four the night before, eight, maybe ten coppers have stopped me up around this area where we're sitting just now, flagged me down the other night, one in the morning, eh, James, I've got a ma- I've got a mask, a, a a scarf, and a hood up, and I'm on a bike. Alex out the window. Now they've clocked me in CCTV crossing the city. I says I initially went, no, no, Alex, not. So they said, come here. So they were nice, really nice. Said to me, you know, and this is across police Scotland. He says, you know, our level. We know nothing about this. We know as much as the rumour mill knows. This is way above us. Serious organised crime, serious crime squad, you know, the trafficking, the teams that really specialise in it, high level stuff, way, way up the ladder. And there's a, there's a, there's a massive gulf between the beat cops that we see every day, who are people just like us, whatever you say about them. We've all went through phases of we don't like the police, big deal. I've had my history with them. Uh, and then you get this big gulf and you get to the top of the ladder and these are the real, you know, the 30, 40 year guys, the old school CID, the, the old school detectives, and they know this. And uh, so the beat coppers are saying, we know what happens. Our hands are completely tied. We don't, we're no privy to that information. We've heard horror stories. And they all said it, James. And some of them said, we're following your page. We hope it We hope it works. We hope that eventually this is dealt with yeah, on a massive scale. And yeah. that's coming for coppers. Mm-hmm. I know, it's not... That, they could drive yeah. by me and go, there's that mm-hmm. fucking clown there. What's the worst thing you've seen there so far? <laughs> seen all the rats and shit. I've seen all that, but that's... Fuck all that's, That just magnetises people to the cause, mm-hmm. James. There's That's a double-edged sword, right? Because folk will go, okay, at worst, it's just a shithole. All right, it's a shithole. Let's not even mention human trafficking, James. Let's mention taking five-year-olds to school in the morning down a stairwell that's got a hundred fucking syringes lying in the stairs and foil with a smoking crack and everything else and piles of human shit. You've seen it? It's not up for debate, James. This isn't up for debate. Why are we taking children through that to a nursery school in the morning? Their wee minds see it and they get traumatised and the damage is forever. We were brought up, single parent family, love. I don't know if we had much, but we had probably more than we need. My mum was a nurse, 45 year. What our life, night shift in a mental hospital, uh, you know, took no well last year, right out of the blue, super fit, youngest of seven. And it was a shock. We're brought up with love. We know what a warm house is. We go in, we know what the heating is, right? The heating's on a winter's night. You're in for school, the telly. You're in front of the fire. We know what dinner is. We know what a clean bathroom is and we know the smell of bed sheets. Comfort. I used to go to a guy's house, right? And he bullied me all my life. But I idolised him. We were pals. But he used to batter me all the time. If he hears this, he'll know who he is. It wouldn't happen now, but it was a long time ago. And he's more used comfort. 
And I used to get in his house and get in his bedroom and I'd be like, it was the best smell ever. Because it made you feel safe, James. So we know the emotions. And down there, that doesn't exist. There will be love and there will be good and there will be, there are very different people. And it's hard for me to portray this and get it across without somebody jumping on it and going, yeah, you said this. You can't, you know what I mean? I'm no, I'm not one for generalising, which has been printed. You've generalised an entire ethnic group. Absolute nonsense. No chance. And, and I don't care who says it. They can come up and say it to my face. If you read the content... It's never, ever been... No one's ever been generalised, right? I don't have a racist bone in my body, James. I just don't. Uh, so, what was I saying there? My head's frazzled. So, the the, the, the general... The, what, the worst thing I've seen... A woman covered in uh, bite marks all over her body. All over her body. Big, deep, big-mouthed teeth bite marks bite marks all over her video footage I've seen I've seen men I've got a guy that I'm going to meet tomorrow right he says I'll probably get severely dealt with for this he says but I feel ashamed because I know about it okay taxi driver he says, I feel ashamed because of what you're doing and because I know about it. I says, all right, tell me. He said, I'm going to show you an address at a certain time when children are getting picked up in the morning, half six, seven o'clock in the morning, three, all under seven or eight, the weest one's three or four, the middle one maybe five, and they go together. A woman puts them in a taxi and takes them to an area which is far, far that way, 10 mile away, I'll tell you later. And they come back at night and we've all had, we've all had partners, James, right? You've spent a night in your bed, maybe lay in your bed on a Sunday with your partner and you've had sex and you're drunk, you're hungover, and you're minging, and you need a shower, but you can't get up. What's the smell? What do you smell of? Sex. You smell of sex, right? His words to me, these children, when we pick them up, stink of sex. Now, is that not a very, very strange thing for a taxi driver to say? The kids not crying or anything, or traumatised. They're silent. They don't speak. They sit in the back like meerkats. Now, my first response to him, which is there, I said, well, you're not my fucking type of guy then that's went back and took that fare. I said, you're not my type of guy, mate. I would have picked him up once, right? And the second time I picked him up, I'd have put them in the back seat of my taxi and I'd have took the head off the guy that brought them to me. But again, you don't know. He's just saying the smells there. You don't know for other taxi drivers. They're all agreeing. I get that. Right? So people I, will question that. They that, will question it. Well, we need proof and evidence. They're silent. Mm -hmm. He said it's a very sinister setup. 
there's very little communication with the woman that puts them in the car. Alright, you could say, well, they're going away to get watched. It's not a community, James. This woman doesn't leave the house. She doesn't go to a job. It's not a community that they're going away and paying for childcare in the, the north side of the city. For three kids for a full day. Childcare's not cheap. It's the same as with a lot of the people, a lot of the Romanians who are homeless and begging for money in the streets. When we were doing the documentary and stuff, we still do the homeless stuff, but they get dropped off in a van, maybe 10 or 12 people. I see them every jump day. And um, they go back. It's not that they want to be there. They're forced to be there. They are people getting chained in rooms. That's, that I know that happens, but I don't know. I don't have all the evidence and all the proof because this will go out to the masses, so people will watch this with a fucking magnifying they'll glass magnify and, it, you know they'll I mean? pick everything and they'll rip it apart uh-huh. and they'll say well, so we've got to play it from both sides of how other people will see it so we've got the messages right from right so say for instance we've got 300 people mm-hmm. saying categorically this happened I worked here at this year two years ago and babies were coming in with STDs or anal tears there's a lot of that lot far too much for there to be a hundred nutters all saying the same thing but the doctors don't have to yeah. Report that though. Of the course they report the kids it. In. Of course they report it. But they say, so when we spoke ten minutes ago about multi agency stuff, those le- those level of services, James, are in collapse, right? Britain's in collapse. Britain's Britain's collapsing. The 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 financial the financial obligation to those services is restricted because it doesn't generate any money. It's a cost code. It's a cost code, so they're losing. It's it, in in somebody's opinion, it's money down the drain. They're not my kids. Don't think for a minute that the people that govern us in this country care about us. I hate even saying their name. You can read about that horrible, horrible individual in 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 Westminster, Reese Mogg. You know, know Jacob Rees-Mogg, multi-million pound dividends every year, in with the maize, Theresa May's husband, you know, they own the biggest cannabis farms in, in, in Britain. But we, Joe, you know, down in Renfrew, isn't he allowed to grow a wee bit of oil for his mate next door that's got cancer? Or he's criminalised and put in the dock? And his door's in off the hinges? But these guys are pumping it out to, on, on mass billion pound turnover. It's all right for them. It's elite though, isn't it? But 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 cannabis is classified, you know, it's illegal. But they're actually cultivating it on the grand scale, but they're doing it under the medical banner. But the person that truly believes he's helping his neighbour with a wee bit of oil, doing the right thing, is a criminal. They're the fucking criminals. Million percent. Is the, your, right. your gangsters under the ones that stand in the street corners. Your gangsters are the one who wear the suits, man, and are pulling the strings for everybody else. The real criminals wear the suits, James, and the real criminals have built empires, real empires. But James, empires fall, empires crumble. Two examples: the Catholic Church and the Church of Scotland. Go to any one of them any Sunday, and look at the demographic. It's old people. And it's young people that have been dragged there on a Sunday. You're coming. It's your grand that's taking you. You're going. Chapel. Fucking sitting like that for an hour. You know, the same old crack. I don't care what MD believes in with we, we, we God. It's not my thing. But so be it. You know, fill your boots. 
they're dying. That as an organisation, you can buy churches, gyms, and chapels all over Glasgow now, and rent uh, developers are flipping them into nice flats, you know, condominiums, as you know, and they're everywhere. They're available everywhere, and they all need a roof. So you're getting them for peanuts because they've never spent money. For 40 years, that money that goes in the bowl, 100 years in the bowl, in the bowl, in the bowl, funneled back, funneled back, funneled back. And now now this this industry, right, the industry that is the church is an empire. It's crumbling. There's nobody our ages, James, going. There isn't he. They're, they're falling apart. And probably rightly so. It was a business model and it's... It's running out of steam. Of course, man, the money the, the Catholic Church take in the day can can wipe out um, hunger in the world. One day, the, the money they take the in the money that an Irish billionaire musician's got in his current account could probably wipe wipe mm. out third world. So where do you go for here, Alex? Then everything that you're doing, the videos and building up momentum. Where do you go? What's your next plan? If they would, if they would speak to us instead of instead of taking direction from consultancy. So, no qualifications, James. Left school, I don't have anything, right? I educated myself after I left school. In layman's terms. From what I can see and from speaking to interesting people and, you know, listening to everybody and saying, right, what what, what feels right? What feels like I want to follow that, you know, that dialogue, that education, so so they take consultancy and they say we need this agency. I could I could rhyme off fifteen child protection agencies just now, right? And you would go, Well, what does that mean? And I'll tell you what they all mean. They're upper echelons, you know, of management, top tier CEOs, 250, 300k salaries, enormous salaries. Save the Children, UNICEF, all of it, right? They're all in phenomenal money. If you offer me a job tomorrow, James, to protect children on a salary and it was a 30k a year job that let me live and pay my mortgage and put a car in the road, I would take that job, you know? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be motivated to it. I wouldn't be, you know, drawn to it because it was a 200k salary. It's jobs for the boys and it's a gang and it's it's the whole, it all goes back. It's all the same machine. They will not invest in anything that's destructive to the revenue stream. If it's a draw down the way, it's not getting an investment. Mental health is the most underfunded crisis in the UK. Try and, go and try and see a GP and tell them it's mental health. You'll be four months for an appointment. At which point, you're probably already dead. The suicide rates are the biggest since the Second World War. Get young men taking their lives because they lost a job or they fell out with their bird or they're in debt or, they, or their mates got, a, you know, a nicer car and, it, and it, it's magnified with alcohol, with substance abuse, with cannabis, just, you know, cannabis, smoking, too... Too much anything's bad, we know that now. We've never been better educated than we are today. We've never had the free education. When we were boys, you went to school and a teacher told you a lot of rubbish and you believed it. Right? 
I mean, it, we just believed everything they told us. And every generation before and after gets told the same thing. How do we know that's right? Don't we don't know it's right. It's madness. So they don't fund it. So mental health gets nothing. It gets nothing. I know. I've been. I went to a GP and I said, I don't feel great. I don't feel great. I feel as if I could just have a really bad day, you know, and the things are, the, everything's out of sync, the chemicals, the serotonins, nothing's working. And you and, and you have to do it yourself because in your six-minute appointment, they go, there's four boxes, six a day, citalopram, cetraline, you know, metrazepine, totally mind-bending drugs. And the first thing they do is they numb you from your temples to the balls of your feet. And they slow down your testosterone and they block all the pheromones and all the endorphins that make you feel averagely happy. They nullify you. You lose your manliness. Your test levels drop. Everything stops working the way you are used to it working. You lose your sex drive. You can't understand yourself. And you become even more confused. And you get lost. You're in you're in oblivion. What's up with me? What the fuck is up with me? And you can't work it out. And then the answer is that what you're consuming has changed your makeup. It's changed who you are. It's not just took away the thoughts of harming yourself or the, the, the deep depression it's took away every thought every thought train these drugs are potent potent drugs I know and when you ditch them and you and you actually fight to get back to who you were for me it worked for some guys it doesn't work but I don't believe that's the answer James a six minute a six minute interview with a doctor you don't know yeah that's not the answer, James. So, when we, before we finish up, brother, for anybody watching, can pe how can people contact you? James, I'm a technophobe. Uh, that there, there is the, the page, obviously. We're trying to keep on top of the of the messages, but it's impossible. There's tens of thousands of messages came in, tens and tens of thousands, and at one point, even at four o'clock this morning, there was a hundred, hundred and fifty messages every ten minutes. You can't answer them, James. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul's been brilliant. Paul McIlvenny, I need to mention him. At the Include Me Too Club in Barhead, the James Maguire building. Maybe be called the, the James English building one day. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Where I'm uh, going, mate. Anything can be called James English. Big Paul. He's a big gentleman. He does. He works with all the Asperger's groups, the autistic groups. He's a fantastic guy. And I went to him to help him set me up a page because I'm a biff. And within 30 seconds, I've said, right, so you'll just admin all the messages then, Paul? And he's like, you bastard, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now I've roped him in, which is a lot to ask somebody. Because but all the messages, well, you don't know if there's one in there. We want to help everybody, James. We want to help. It's maybe caught in fucking some hellhole that... And I like know. I say, this isn't just Govan Hall, this is worldwide. It's there's, everywhere. There's so many places. It's but everywhere. What's your whole 
outlook on Gavin Hall then the area that you're working in and sharing videos? I think what do you think? How bad do you think it is? I think it's horrific, James. My heart of hearts, I come here today with a true heart, with genuine intentions. A company offered me money, bizarrely. A well-known Glasgow company offered me money last week for my expenses. I says I don't have any. It cost me a coffee to get over there and back. So I went, so I'm very grateful. If you want to make a donation to Under the Bridge or something, do that. I says, but I'm really grateful, but no, I don't want anything for anybody. That's no, you know, that'll never be my, my motivation. Uh, there, there has to be a resolution, James. They have to take a proper look. And, I, and, I, and I, I, I'll never blame the, the, the street-level cops. They don't have the authority. They don't have the power to go deep and look deep beyond the secrecy, the veil of secrecy that that culture and that ethnic group have. It's a closed ship. It's, 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 it's tied up. It's tied up through fear and intimidation. We've all been who we've been in our life, James. Uh, none of us will make any excuses, right? But maybe we're looking for redemption. Maybe this is redemption. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's not anything that bad in my life just now that needs so much of my attention. So I've directed it somewhere else. And folk will go, you're a fucking lunatic, you know, running about there, da, 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 and, and they'll spin it any way they like to suit their mood. And that's fine. I'm prepared for that. It's for the right reasons, James. There's children getting abused in this city on a grand scale. It was rife when we were young. We idolised celebrities. We idolised TV personalities. We idolised disc jockeys. And they were doing it in plain view of millions of viewers on top of the pops on a Thursday night while we sat there eating our dinner. We were Ma and our dad or our sister and our Doug or our granny. We sat and watched it while it was happening in front of our eyes. And they knew about it then and they know about it now. And they're untouchable because they protect themselves with barristers. We get lawyers. You and me get lawyers when we go to court. They get barristers. They get QCs. They get the best of protection. A hundred grand to a barrister in a brown envelope. It's toffee. It's peanuts. We're struggling to pay a lawyer two grand to get you away with accumulated points and a speeding fine. Fuck, i lose my license. You know what I mean? These guys, it's nothing to them because they're so high up. How is it, James, that that when it comes to abuse, every single person says the same thing? It's getting taken down, your videos are getting removed. They're no lying, it's happening to me. See, a week ago, if you'd asked me, I'd have said, that's a load of shite. People are just dramatising. Dramatising, James, it's happening. I can look you in the eye, right? I know you're a good guy, I can look you in the eye. And in time you'll know I mean it, and you in time you'll know I'm telling the truth. They're they're taking the videos away. My phone's acting bizarre. It's turning itself off. I think I've been logged into Facebook for ten years. It's kicked me out about two hundred times. I've never had to log into Facebook in ten years. So something's not right, and everybody's now saying it. James, you can look. I've screenshotted hundreds of people saying, "I've just posted your video, and I've had a warning instantly for Facebook." Who's monitoring it? And why did it go from number two on Twitter to not even in the top 30 after midnight that night? 
All the Twitter experts have said that never happens. The reason being, at 11 o'clock at night, for instance, there was 50,000 people. And at 10 past one in the morning, there was 350,000 people. So surely, James, the only way is up. You know, I can at least count to 10. From number two, you go to number one. When, when the numbers quadruple, surely it doesn't go down the way and drop out the top 30. Doesn't it bother me if it's on Twitter? It, nothing, nothing of that bothers me. It's just a bonus for the cause. But there's things happening. I believe the authorities pulled it. Of course they've got the power to do it. Twitter are still bound by legislation. Every platform is. Every platform is bound by legislation, James. You're bound, you, there's certain things you can't do. Although you're going, fuck he's, I'm saying whatever I like. And it's it's fantastic. The subject matter that you deliver weekly is brilliant. It's better than any newspaper that's ever been printed. It's great stuff because it's a guy or a woman from every walk of life. It, the, the, the variance is amazing. You've 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 got the you've got the the old councillor guy with you know with the big belly and his suit with the big sashes and that and he's he's been going around in cars for years and housing schemes kidding on he's doing his bit you know all the back handers and then all of a sudden people are writing books about him that he's abused wee boys for forty five years bound by fear parents. Uncles, aunties, you can't say that about him. He's the local politician. He's important and we're not important. But would you like to finish up on anything for anybody watching? Maybe just want to come forward and help out? Or... Anybody come forward, ask me to meet you anywhere and I'll meet you. A woman, a former prostitute, she'll no mind me saying it, messages me. She says, give me her address. I've checked her out. She's genuine. I know people that now know her. They're like, she's absolutely sound. She's came good. You could come to my house. I says, I cannot come to your house. That can't happen. But if you've got a couple of witnesses, a couple of your good mates, I'll come to your house. And uh, we'll have a coffee and you can tell me what it is you need to tell me. She's listed stuff, James. Trafficked by her father in conjunction with an Asian gang for 12 years. Heartbreaking. Horrific. It's She's still got all the police logs of her treatment, no prosecution ever brought. Why was that? One of the Asian guys was a community leader. Powerful. Sweep it under the carpet. Swept under the carpet. Coppers, eh, I, I, I lose that term, I use that term lately, there's good ones and there's bad, like there's good ones and bad in every walk of life. Eh, police, high up, high level police guys getting fingered by women now in their 40s and 50s, you abused me. You did. We know it's you. Mul multiples of them, James. These guys are retired. They're almost at the end of their lives. It was you. We know it was you. How did they prove it, James? It was 50 years ago. You know what happened with the Savile thing, right? The U3 inquiry. People coming out historically and everybody's first word, mine, hands up. Your first train of thought is, how did you know say it 40 years ago? I knew I could punch myself for even thinking like that. And and, and the Gary Glitter, we idolised him, you know, dancing. And he's... What what he's done, we'll never know. Mm -hmm. He's a horrible bastard. Piece of shit. It's the ones that are active now that are people I want to expose and get information to expose. Like, the ones who are still... Like, everybody... 
the ones who die and then they, can, then they all come out. I want to get the cunts who are fucking active now. They're active, James, in this city. Everywhere. Everywhere. So you look at the Epstein stuff, you yep. look at the Glenn Maxwell all stuff. Protected. All protected. higher up because... Maxwell will never do a day in a prison, paedophile ring for... Right from the top to the bottom, and this is, is some scary shit. You can go down the rabbit hole and look at stuff, but you question it. Some of it is a bit far fetched, but that's the one you, you should be keeping your eye on. Yep. There's so much shit out yep. there. Again, it's to concentrate on your own life, try and get yourself in a good position, and then you can help others and shedding light on these kind of things. It's tiring. We couldn't, we can't fix America, James. We, we shouldn't care about this, that, oh, no. I, right? Because we, we can't I, do it about it. It's no ours. This is ours. Glasgow. This is ours, James. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing children into this environment and we're bringing children into this system. And it's like some of the guys, ex-criminals, reformed guys that you've mentioned uh, that were put in the system, the, the, the Boston system, the care system, four or five, systematically abused by people that are there to care for, care for them, males and females. Not just two or three, 95% of them, 90% of them, Michael Mazie's project at CIP, he's done his homework, that guy. He's got the facts and the figures and the statistics are, have been proven to be accurate that 90% of people that go through that care system end up in prison. Why? Because people like you and I have got a bit of meat in the bone. We've got a fire in our belly, right? So if somebody does something to you, you eventually rebel. You keep poking a dog, it will eventually bite you. So we rebel and they rebel because they're maybe in their community, they are a hard family. The G's, for instance, they're tough people. I know guys that grew up with them. They rebel ferociously. They start battering men and battering care workers and wrecking secure units because they're, they're protecting their life, James. Men are tying them to beds and raping them. They become... 13, 14, 15, they fill out the train, you know, they become violent men and they protect, they've got every right to protect themselves. They've got every right to try and kill their abusers. Just fills them with hate and fear. It fills them with hate for their whole lives and now they're in the, the back the back end of it, they're into the 40s and the transition just following from his first to his second to his third podcast, podcast is incredible. He's, he's laughing. He never laughed in the first one. He had a wee smirk in the second. Now he's, he's laughing. There's laughter. There's a softness to his eyes. He's got the crow's feet. He's, he's, he's breaking a smile. You can nearly see his teeth. He's a very intense guy. He's carrying baggage. He's got baggage that he'll carry to the day he dies. Kid in the way. You'll not get anybody more protective than him now. Because he knows because he's lived and he's breathed it. Mm-hmm. Brother incarcerated, lifed off, life tariff. You never see daylight. Who puts these people in power that decides that a guy that's never killed anybody should never see daylight? The same people that are denying that that's happening two mile away, James. That live in Millionaire's Row in perfect harmony with their chauffeur-driven cars and their champagne lunches. And I'm not going to say... They're all bang at it. But there's a fucking lot of them at it, James. And and it's horrific for somebody like me and you who are just normal alpha males among ourselves 
with the fire in her belly that you want to put your hands in her throat and pull it, pull the windpipe How out. How do you feel today coming on and telling your story? I'm grateful for the opportunity. Uh, I didn't, I didn't expect it. I hope it comes across the way it's meant. It's meant as a father, and I hope that people take it the way it's meant, as in, I'm not, I never ever intended to just say those people, it was an area, James, and in translation, you just mention, you know, it's Asians, it's white, it's everybody, it's one machine, and if it's, and if it's white guys, they deserve to hang as much as anybody, because this is Scotland, and it's, and it, and it is everywhere, James, and, and no one will convince me any other way. I will not deviate from this message. I will not change my course until we come to the end of it. We massive, massive footfall of multi-agencies down there seriously investigating what's going on in Govan Hill and what's going on in Southern Ireland. I've had messages for groups of guys, proper guys, pedo hunters in Southern Ireland that have asked to speak to me, have a Zoom call tonight. They've got so rock solid evidence that people have been trafficked from Glasgow to Ireland mm -hmm. and they know the guys that's doing it because they're connected, they're dovetailing, James. The drugs game, this game, that game, they all dovetail each other. Crime's crime. It is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. But there's levels to crime. There's none of us angels, but there's levels to crime. Yeah, there's shit you do not do. If you're even dealing with somebody that, that is at the far end of the spectrum of trafficking children or women, vulnerable women, you're a fucking dog and you deserve to die or you deserve to be incarcerated for the rest of your life. Children are the cheapest commodity in the world because they're fucking innocent. They're innocent. They don't know any better. And when I see my sons... And I look at my young one and I think about, you know, the McCann case and I say, what if he vanished? How would I feel? How would his mum feel? Their lives are over. Imagine never seeing that face again or hearing that giggle again or smelling their hair again. Can you imagine that sensation? James, you've got kids, haven't you? Aye. So you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Can you imagine never getting in at night and going, oh, come here, you. Mm -hmm. A lion watching fucking the Lion King, or just That's making them their breakfast. Man, for what you're doing, man, it's it's stinking. You've just it got stinks. to kind of kick on and keep doing what you're doing. Try and get an end product and just and keep creating awareness and keep shedding light on it. But for coming on the day, mate, I know it's your first proper interview. It yep. can be wary, but I appreciate everything you're doing, mate. I wish you all man, the best for the future. The no, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. You can also watch my podcast on my YouTube channel. The link is in the bio if you'd like to subscribe. You can follow me on my social media platforms to see who my next guest is. Follow me on Facebook at James English 11, Twitter, James English 0, Instagram, James English 2. You can also download these podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. Sports Social Podcast Network.